0: Hello and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today we have a very special guest with us who I think you will find to be super informative and very interesting as it relates to utilizing wearable technology to help you live an even healthier lifestyle so you can enjoy having the kind of business and life you truly want. Greg Elliott is an exercise physiologist, osteopath, and entrepreneur who is on a mission to help everyone own their health through education, motivation, and actionability. He is a heart rate variability and wearable technology thought leader, speaker, and a sought-after healthcare practitioner. He believes in a whole-life approach that is supported by emerging technology so everyone can live a long, healthy, and happy life. Well, welcome, Greg. We really appreciate you joining us.
1: Thank you so much. It's going to be great to, be able to talk all things health and, and wellness, and specifically about heart rate variability.
0: Yeah, I am super excited, I have to say. Let's kind of start with a real broad generalization question, if you don't mind. How do you define health span and longevity?
1: Yeah, this is a, a very predominant talk, topic now that everyone wants to understand. Is We always talked about living long, and, and and that's been a big focus for a lot of people. But what we've come to realize is that we also want to be healthy during our entire life, and this is this new definition of, of health span. So health span is our ability to be healthy for as long as possible without having any age-related diseases uh, that we know of that can catch up. So our, our quality of life is as high as possible for our longevity, uh, for our lifespan, uh, and, and longevity is kind of the combination of both of those things. It's, it's our health span, how healthy we are, as well as how long we can possibly possibly live the way that the medical system is set up now is that we've done a phenomenal job extending life, but we still haven't necessarily impacted the quality of life for people. We we can, you know, pick up diseases and help treat diseases, but the quality of life at that point has been already impacted significantly. So as, as people have been talking about this Medicine 3.0, it's making sure we understand the precursors of when is that decline in our health coming? How can we prevent that to making sure that we're being as healthy for as long as possible.
0: Yeah. I, I know a lot of us want to have longevity, but you're right. Quality of life is massively important for you to be happy during longevity, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, it's um again, we, we've done phenomenal jobs of extending people's life and, you know, it, we don't have a lot of warning signs before big problems arise. And you hear this all the time from people that I see in, in, in my caseload is, is the fact that they've gone to that point where there's there's no coming back. That it is what it is. The cardiovascular disease has set in, the diabetes has been there for a while. Uh, there's certain things that just aren't reversible. And so we're trying to be able to extend their, their quality of life of where they're at, but it's really hard to go back to the quality of life that they have had up to that uh, up to that point of uh, a major event happening. So we want to make sure that we're getting all the right things and all the right indications, making sure that you know intervene before that happens.
0: Okay, so as a component of that, then help us understand what is heart rate variability or HRV and why is it so important to our health and longevity?
1: Heart rate variability is now, you know, pretty accessible to a lot of people. And you're starting to see a lot of these wearable technologies like the Apple Watch or the Oura Ring start to be able to, to measure this in uh, the specific metric. But I think it's being lost as to the, the importance of it all. So to understand what heart rate variability is, people kind of have an idea when they hear it, but it's it's not the same as heart rate. They think of, of, of heart rate going up and down, um, and it's something like that, but it's it's different than heart rate. So, And you and I can have a, a resting heart rate of, of 60 beats per minute. You know, it's not too bad, it's pretty average, but mine is consistent. It beats on the second every single second. What yours, it varies over that time. It goes up, it speeds up, and it, and it slows down. What we know now is that people that are healthier, People that are happier people that live long happy lives have more variability in their heart rate that goes up and down it does not beat like a metronome which is very counterintuitive to, to what we think we think that we want things consistent and, and for a lot of the cases in physiology absolutely want to maintain specific blood pressure we want to be able to have a certain amount of blood sugars uh, in our system you know you can be able to maintain the same amount of calcium everything's gonna be tightly controlled and regulated but it's the opposite when we look at variability. More variability is an indicative of the fact that we are in a, a more restful, rest and digest. We are able to take on a significant amount, a lot more stress, where our heart rate is more consistent. It's more on the second every single second. Like I mentioned, our body's in a stressed, unhealthy state. So It gives you a great 30,000-foot view of how your body's actually doing from an objective standpoint, not just subjectively of of energy levels or fatigue levels or how you think you're doing but underneath the surface from a very high level you know is my body adapting well to what's my environment is it am I doing the right things am I putting the right you know fuel in my body am I doing the right amount of physical activity am I recovering uh, well do I have a lot of stress in my day-to-day life have I am I you know do I have enough social relationships to be able to support me through my endeavors this is what HRV looks at from a very 30,000 foot view of a overall um, uh, biometric to give you the indication of, of is there a room for improvement for you
0: so let's say I have the aura ring which I've had for years now let's say that my HRV is for example 23 to 54 is that good or bad
1: yeah it's, it's intriguing in this is the number question you get is when people start to measure is is you know what's a good number what's a bad number and it really comes down to to a few things first off um, it, we have demographic norms uh, we have an idea of what a good scores are what bad scores are and uh, uh, that stands point in regards to demographically but it is very much interdependent of that person if someone comes to me with a score that, that exactly as you explained but they're super healthy uh, they are very happy and you know everything that they, they have purpose in life um, you know they have good relationships they don't feel they feel that their health and well-being is is is, is going well we have a bunch of data points that support that then that's, that's good for them, then we got to be able to keep that there. But overall, we see that, that you know, the 23 number, I'd say, is on the lower end of things, where typically people that I see are kind of in the 50 range, where, where the high-level athletes are typically in the 80, 90, 100 uh, range, to give you an idea of, of what you know, relative good and, and bad is. But typical people that measure heartbeat variability, there's something in their, their life that may be lacking, where they feel like, you know, there's something going on that I need to figure out what's happening. You know, I'm, I'm trying to take these supplements, I'm trying to change my diet, there's, I'm getting more fatigued, and I don't have the same energy as I, as I did before, I don't have the same motivation or drive, or, you know, there's something happening in their life that's, that's caused a disruption that, that's off of what their norm is, they want to be able to figure that out. And because of that, that biometric of HRV is a great starting point of a baseline of saying, okay, hey, well, this is where things aren't ideal, and we know that if we can improve all these aspects of our health and well-being, whether it's dietary, whether it's you know physical, whether uh, it's social or emotional, that we can improve our heart rate variability through these ways, but what it comes down to is figuring out which aspects of health need to be addressed the most for, uh, for most uh, individuals to make sure that you're having a huge impact on your health and well-being.
0: Okay, so what do you see then as the biggest health concerns for, let's say, us as entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, entrepreneurs, I, by far, you know, the biggest thing that I see, I work with quite a bit of entrepreneurs, I, I just put on a cohort from uh, from Australia, I'm just a part of Accelerator right now, helping a, a group around the world, uh, educate them about monitoring their health and well-being. And by far, as, as entrepreneurs, as people in, whether in startups or that drive, uh, that kind of high pressure environment, we are terrible at our interception, our ability to understand the mind-body connection. We think that everything's fine. You think everything's good to go until you start to be able to step out of it and kind of go, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize how stressed I actually was during that time. I think when you're in it and you're going, it's really hard to have that disconnect from where you actually are to where you think that you are. And this is the value of measuring heart rate variability, measuring through a wearable technology to kind of give that awareness Piece by far the biggest intervention that I've had with people that are in, you know, that are entrepreneurs, that are self-employed, that have a lot of pressure from a, from a work standpoint, that put in long hours, is actually the awareness piece of where they're currently at, where their limitations actually are to be able to focus because, you know, as, as, I, as I tell entrepreneurs all the time, you know, we can all eat better. We can all sleep more. We can all be more physically active. We can all deal with stress in better ways, and we can all connect with people. We can all do those things, but which one of those is the most important right now for you to be able to address? We all don't have time. We're all busy, but if we could pick one of these areas, and specifically which area, let's dive into that one individually. Let's look at everything holistically. Let's not just focus on one and say this is the only way. The only way to improve health is through physical activity. The only way to improve health is through breathing. It truly is a holistic view that needs to be addressed when looking at health. And it's ever more important for entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs that are just starting off into these startup companies, to be able to get a handle on your health and well-being before you you, kind of have 10, 15, 20 years in a super high-stress environment. And then you get those people that have a quote-unquote heart attack out of nowhere. came from something. You're just ignoring the signals and signs of it. There's a lot of indications that could be, Lead you to that thinking of there's gonna be something that's gonna be happening from a medical event standpoint. And for a lot of diagnoses, the, the, how they come about is the fact that there's a major event that occurs as a result. There's nothing leading up to the point, a lot of silence before something major happens. But if people were on it, people to something is a wearable product, whether a it Fitbit, something that's a hundred dollars that you can just put on the wrist, it would provide immense value of making sure that people are recovering, regenerating and they're they're managing their stress because long term this is absolutely the biggest risk factor to the development of chronic disease and illnesses.
0: So let's talk about the basically the wearable devices. Do you have certain recommendations for us for wearable devices? Which one, you know, do you prefer over something else? And how then do we really use that device well? To help us measure these things, not just basically the HRV, but everything that it tells us to help us know what we should or shouldn't do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's by far the number one question I get is is which wearable do we, you know, do I get? You know, there's tons. And, and before, you know, I probably I'd say about you know two three years ago, there's a few in the market that provide very high fidelity, high quality data coming back. But because technology is advancing so much, and there's kind of this you know, wearable race of of uh, Companies trying to be the the gold standard when it comes to that, everyone's the playing field starting to level in regards to some of the quality. So what it comes down to honestly now with a lot of people is fashion choices <laughs> at this point. Where you know I to me I've always loved a Ring from a from a data quality standpoint. I like what they do around their research and 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 how they produce a lot of their data into the raw form and don't hide behind a lot of algorithms. But some people just don't want to wear a ring. They don't want to do that. So okay, well, there's other wearables that are out there in the market that can can uh, be a benefit. Uh, one other high quality wearable company, primarily their their enterprise or B two B players right now is Biostrap. They provide a lot of the raw data, a lot of high quality uh, information into that. And it's a wrist based wearable, so you can wear it around a wrist. So it's not a ring, but there's no interface. And some people will like, well, I want something like an Apple Watch where I can kind of you know look at the you know notifications and things. So it really did uh, on the functionality and, and, and fashion choices that are out there uh, to that. But the three that I typically suggest uh, to people is, is that if you're okay with the ring, then, then the Oura Ring is absolutely phenomenal one to be able to choose from. If you want a wrist-based wearable, uh, Whoop has actually come up quite a bit with their data quality, but they still have a lot of algorithms making it hard. and It's more geared towards athletes, but that's a wrist-based wearable. Uh, if you're a you know uh, if you're in a business you're looking for a business setting BioStrap is a biostrap is a great choice as well um, and a risk based wearable and if you want something with an interface something that can you know you can interact with a little bit more or you can you know answer text messages or integrate with different things and ma- manage your, your workouts Garmin um, has has come up uh, quite a bit of levels uh, in the last few years in regards to the data quality um, in regards to a smartwatch but as you start to get into anything that has an interface like an Apple Watch uh, like those two bits with a lot of things the data quality goes down uh due to the fact that the sensors needed for high fidelity drain the battery quite a bit and if you're also using you know you, it as a you know the notifications or apps or you, there's a lot of different functionalities you have with an apple watch you can't have the quality of data coming through or else you would be charging in every three to six hours so it depends on on one fashion choices and, and two functionality uh but th- those three uh four that I kind of recommended would be kind of the the gold standard to start with.
0: Yeah. I know my girlfriend has an Apple watch, but went to the aura ring because she preferred to wear a ring at night versus a watch at night. (laughs) Exactly. So that's so true. I don't know if that's a fashion statement when she's going to bed, but that's what her comfort level was for sure.
1: And it takes, it takes a lot of people a lot of time to get used to wearing something. If they're not used to it as well, you know, for me with a ring, I never wear I never wear watches or rings or anything like that. So to wear a ring was, was already somewhat of a of an inconvenience. It took a while to get used to. So again, it, it's it's comfort level. It's it's many different things. But uh, now there's there's significant a lot more options when it comes to choosing a high quality wearable than there was even just a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Even the aura Ring really has advanced since I got mine. I think it was over a year ago now. So there's a lot more data that it's providing as well, for sure. Absolutely. Um, What do you think are, let's say, five things that we need to do to be as healthy as we can be?
1: Yeah, this is, um, you know, a lot of people that I see, this is kind of where, you know, where we start off. Is is just assessing these different areas of health um, from from many different aspects, kind of looking at all components of what we call the bio psycho social model uh, of health and well being. And we look into those different areas, and there's a few that that absolutely pop up uh, as to things that you should be looking at to address uh, more than anything. So one kind of like a, an honorable mention that I would say in regards to, to understanding how to impact your health and well being is is getting a good quality. Blood panel done. Uh, I'm seeing more and more the values of understanding this aspect of how this can add so much information for me to make better decisions around what interventions uh, need to be done. But a phenomenal a blood panel, um, of various um, you know biochemicals. There's many companies out there like Inside Tracker, um, Function Health just launched uh, by Dr. Hyman. That's a it's $500 a year, and you get a significant amount of blood markers. Uh, to be uh, to be assessed uh, twice a year. Phenomenal program that that he's be able to put on. But that's kind of one of the things I would always start with is to look at that. So what we can possibly do. The five big areas is 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 pretty um, pretty standard in, into this and looking some look at all the research of what we can do to impact health and and concurrently this will improve heart rate variability as well is, is first is looking at our, our physical activity, physical activity and exercise. One is the opponent a component of making sure they're moving moving enough. This is typically measured by steps. Into that, as well as making sure that we're pushing ourselves uh, in regards to to our our, our capacity at that. So, uh, making sure that we have uh, doing things like you know uh, uh, high intensity type of work into that aspect. A little bit of both of those things uh, are, are super important. So, just you know, getting the basic amount of physical activity and incorporating uh, some exercise uh, uh, into what you're doing. So, so you know, movement is is a is a big part of of that. Second is going to be your uh, diet and nutrition. And this is again where the blood work's gonna come in handy, is is I mean, there's nothing more dogmatic in health and well-being than nutrition, in my opinion, where it's you know, everyone says that this diet works, so or you gotta do this, or this food's bad, or this food's good. I mean, it's all over the place in, into that. And it is absolutely so individual. There's not one diet that works for everybody. You know, you have to have this individual approach and, and the blood markers that you can possibly get out there with, with your doctor or with Inside Tracker or uh, Function Health uh, can give you some insights into, you know, what foods should you be eating more of or less of and, and see how that necessarily, you know, makes your body feel as you're either deficient uh, or uh, have access of, of, of certain biomarkers. give really good insight in, into those areas. Sleep is obviously a big one There was, you know, I think during COVID, the amount of people that were commenting on reading sleeping books and how they're trying to be able to improve sleep is, is that, I think we understand the importance of that uh, to that area. And, and I mean, there's many areas to focus on, on sleep, but to me, the, the big heavy hitter for that is making sure you try to fall asleep and wake up at the same time. That circadian rhythm uh, reset is, is super important and, and through research we know that that's one of the most important factors when it comes to all type of markers of success, whether that's financial, whether that's uh, educational, having a specific set time of, of going to sleep and waking up is, is a great start to be able to um, optimize your, your recovery and, and set your, your circadian rhythm so all of your hormones are nicely balanced and you're doing everything possible from, from um, deep down. Number four is going to be stress. Managing our work stress, our home stress, our life stress. There's many things going on in this world that we have access to to, to impact how we feel. You know, with all the tragedies that are going around the world that, that are happening, that that um, that resonate with us in many different ways. And having these tough conversations with people, um, this is going to impact uh, our, our stress even more than we realize, so managing this appropriately uh, be able to, to frame it in a way. My favorite, one of my favourite quotes that I've seen in a lot of my presentations is from Dr. Hans uh, Selye um, who came up with the word stress, um, shout out to Canadian endocrinologist and, at uh, McGill University, but he came up with the word stress and his famous quote is, it's not stress that kills us, it's our reaction to it, so our mindset around our stress is super important. And you and I can go through the the exact same type of stressor, whether it's, a, you know, speaking publicly in front of a, of a room, whether it's a financial burden, anything that, said that can come in with our work life. But how we react to it is more than likely going to be very different. Right. And that perception around that stressor, even though it's the same stressor, is super important how we frame it. It may motivate you to be able to kind of. You know, create change and be able to how can I overcome this challenge where it may just be like oh it's another thing on my pile of stress and it's just uh, now it's overwhelming and and so our perception around that is impacting our health and well-being so the mindset of stress is super important and the last one that's becoming ever more evident and I say with with COVID that I saw is it was a massive social experiment of removing the connection of human beings and to see that impact and we're seeing that impact in many different areas I talked to a bunch of teachers, I talked to a bunch of healthcare providers and practitioners about the impact that this has had and, the, and you know the data will come to show that, that what has happened since that and we're seeing a lot of these things, a lot of these shifts in our health and well-being what that had but Harvard became, you know, they have a, a longevity study that's going on over 80 years now um, that's looking at various aspects of, of health and well-being uh, and, and aging and um, what they're finding the number one factor is is, is positive relationships. That is one of the biggest factors for us to be able to be healthier, happier, and live longer lives, is be able to have positive social connections with uh, other human beings. So as a general quick recap, the big five are you know, physical activity exercise. Two is, is diving deep into to, to nutrition for what's right for you. Three uh, is sleep and making sure that we have a, a set bedtime. Our mindset around stress is number four. And number five is our connections with people.
0: Awesome. Super important. And I like the fact that I appreciate the fact that you actually gave us some places to go for blood work, because I don't think, generally speaking, many people know even what to ask their regular physician. They just do a general blood panel and, you know, everything looks good, but they don't really dive deep into anything other than some very big generalities, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's, it's very troublesome and, and I'm running into this, this more and more and luckily we have a phenomenal physician team here at the clinic that looks at this blood work and, you know, the, the people we deal with and, and entrepreneurs can relate to this is the fact that when you go to the blood work and say, hey, you're with you're, you're within the range, it's great. But within the range is average and we don't want to be average. We shouldn't be average. We should be able to, be able to achieve what optimal is for us and, and these reference ranges that come with normal blood worker, Do you have disease states you know whether it's too high or too low and and that's not what we want we want to make sure okay well what's ideal what is what is the goal set where where should we be based on our background our our age our our sex like you know what should we be where should we be with these in these ranges compared to where we're, we're at and there's a phenomenal push in the States around this, this area. And in and, and Canada, it's, it's taken a little bit longer, and we're typically about five to 10 years behind uh, the United States in, in regards to stuff. But you know, the conferences that I've been to, it's so promising to hear how these unbelievable companies coming out there and saying, you know, being average is not, not good enough. And not, that's not good enough for us to be able to really make a dent into our health span, into making sure that we live long, healthy lives. We have to be able to, to know where we're at now. And unoptimize it now, so we don't run into big problems later. And so, yeah, it's, I, I'm so happy companies like Inside Tracker, like again, Function Health. Again, none of these companies I've mentioned I have any association with, and, and and don't um, I don't benefit from personally. It's just I like what those companies are doing. And I think Dr. Hyman with the the $500 a year that gets this. I mean, this blood work. I mean, even half of that, in in, in half of those blood markers in Canada would cost you $500 from one of them, and he's doing double of them. Uh, twice a year for the, for the same price. So it's it's a phenomenal amount of information you can get and you get a lot of uh, Actual insights coming back. So if you haven't had a, a full blood work uh, panel It's a great option to to do that and then going to the doctor at least starting the process of looking at some of these numbers and and There's now a lot of resources out there from a blood mark perspective of, of what's not just average But what's ideal where where should my numbers be and and, and um, you know, I think people are taking a lot of agency in they and a lot of control over their health.
0: Awesome, awesome. You know, we're all busy, right? And we make excuses to not do what we know we need to do. So we're really probably not as healthy as we ideally would like to be. And I'm speaking generally for most people. Hopefully I'm not putting words into anybody's mouth, but what words of wisdom do you have for those of us who really wanna make that commitment to prioritizing our health? Any parting thoughts about what you you think is important for us to start with.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, there's a there's something called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and what this needs looks at it. It, it looks at our ways to be able to, you know, to to improve our overall being as as a human and how we able to to kind of go up the ladder. And and what a lot of people do is when they want to be able to transform their health, it, it's a very overwhelming thought because there's so many different aspects of health, as we've already laid out today, of all these things and in to me, it's not about that. It's about looking into to one specific area that you, you can do and manage, that you have interest in, that you're curious about, and be able to work on that specific area. You don't need to change everything at once and all the time. If you do that, it's not going to be successful. Behavior change is hard. It takes 66 days for be able to establish a habit, and it takes 264 days, approximately, to be able to break a bad habit. It takes a long time. And if you try to do eight things, something's gonna fall off, and then everything falls down. So my words of wisdom is, is is really take a a a good look of your health and well being. How is your mental health and well being? How emotionally stable are you? Do you have a good, you know, social support of friends and family? Do you have good instrumental support of mentors and people that you can look up to? You know, how are you doing with your your sleep habits and your nutritional habits? And and uh, you know, are you being physically active? And, and you know, for you, you know, which one do you feel you're you're falling? you know, off with, take a, you know, take a look into that specific area rather than try to change all health, you know, look at one area and be able to attack that, something that's within of interest to you and something that you can uh, um, achieve because, yes, we are busy and to address all areas of health, it just, it takes too long. I, I remember seeing a keynote speaker talk about all the things you can do to improve health span and longevity. By the time you got to, you know, item number 159, I was like, I don't know, they can do all these things. I, I was confused and and, and um, he really started to break it down uh, at this point of talking about the What is the, the big values of things of finding one specific area whether it's going from? fasting to not fasting whether it's going from Vegetarian to paleo or whatever necessary Maybe you, you change certain nutrition or start walking every day or start meditating do one small little step and see how you like doing that Do it for about again 66 days to establish that habit and then be able to create a, a new one and add something onto that, and slowly change health and well-being over time. It's it's not a uh, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. And so we got to take a, a health approach, especially um, you know when we are in good health now. Uh, make sure we establish the right type of behaviors to making sure that we have the the best the best health span we possibly can.
0: Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Just taking things one at a time because you're so right. Hey, ideally, I'd like to do this and this and this and this and this. And then, you know, you try to do that and you fail because you're trying to do way too many things. And now you're more stressed out than you were when you started. That doesn't work. So I appreciate that. How would somebody learn more about what you do and how they could get in touch with you? What would be the best way to do that, Greg?
1: Yeah, so um, I just uh, launched a, a personal website, uh, Um I'm starting to uh, write some resources for people, some free resources around heartbeat variability, and around wearables to be able to put up there so you can, you can get more information about that, how to be able to approach your health and well-being, and then you know, to kind of give you a start, a little bit of deeper insight into those areas to, to uh, make things more actionable from there, which is the toughest thing to be able to do is where do I start, where do I go, how do I begin? And, and that's where um, you know I'm trying to be able to, to support in that specific area. So there's a lot of resources there uh, that you can you can head to, um, and that are you know, coming out on a continuous basis. So I, I, I check that out. That's the first place to go.
0: All right. So that's gregelliot.ca to get more information. And you are a wealth of information. And I so appreciate you sharing your very valuable time. You know, without our health, we really have nothing. Yeah, you hear many times like, "Hey, billionaires who are sick would give up their billions to be healthy."
1: Absolutely, yeah. It, it's and that's the thing is you're just getting on this now when things seem to be good is the best place because you know what good is for you and you mm-hmm. can be able to to make those things. It's not never too early to start to get the stuff done. Uh, you just don't want to start till it's you know, when it's too late. That's not the the best thing. But um, yeah, no, Anne, thank you so much for for this and. And, um, you know, I've listened to, obviously, some episodes that you've done, and, and the information you're providing out there is absolutely phenomenal. So I, I hope you kind of keep going and keep up with this. This is, uh, it's, it's great.
0: I appreciate that, Greg. Thanks again, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Thank you, Anne. Well, after investing your very valuable time with Greg and me, I hope you gained insight and ideas that will propel you to even greater heights in every facet of your life. Of course, I'm talking about professional and personal. Share the wisdom by passing on my Accountability Coach podcast to help ignite others, which can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And subscribe to the Accountability Minute for your daily guidance on proven business success principles, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. I salute you for your hunger for more, your drive for wanting to be even better, and your unyielding commitment to being the architect of your destiny. Want more proven business success resources and tips? Of course you do. Subscribe to my blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day. Today and every day. I appreciate you listening.